Hello, we're here today with Dr. Michael Yurick, an Associate Professor of Management and Operational Excellence at the Alex G. McKenna School of Business, Economics and Government at St. Vincent College in Lake Road, Pennsylvania. His research is in the areas of identity in organizations, generations in the workforce, leadership, business ethics, and conflict. He has been published in many academic journals and is currently authoring and editing a series of books on leadership. He has been featured at international conferences, including meetings of the Academy of Management and Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology. Mike, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. First, can you help us understand about what are generational stereotypes and are they even accurate? Sure. So, you know, right now in, in current organizations, uh, we have the most age diversity we've really ever have had. And we tend to label some of these generational groups. So you probably have heard the term of baby boomers uh, or Generation X or millennials, or now the new group, Generation Z, that's starting to, to just emerge into the workplace. So these are some labels that are out there regarding different age groups and generations, each one of which has some associated stereotypes uh, with them. And so some of those stereotypes are positive and, and some are negative. Most of the time we tend to focus on the negative ones. So you hear the negative stereotypes like uh, maybe millennials or Generation Z feel entitled or um, they always want to push the envelope. Whereas you hear some negative ones about baby boomers, for example, as not wanting change, not being able to use uh, leverage technology. So I think these are some stereotypes that we hear of and, and that we're familiar with oftentimes popularized many times by the media, many times just by the way we talk about these generations. But the interesting thing is if you look at academic studies relating to generational differences, uh, they don't always support these stereotypes. So in other words, uh, they're not really measurable. Uh, well, I should say that the, the evidence is uh, inconclusive as to whether or not these are measured differences between generations. That's really interesting. And I think a lot of us can say that we've been in a position where certain folks have said, you're too young, or you don't have enough gray hair, or you don't have enough connections, you don't have enough experience, or vice versa. Um, the next question that, that comes to mind is, you know, how do you view changes in the way we work, given the new remote work environment? And how would that impact different generations in the workforce? There's a lot to think about. I've actually just been working on some some research related to uh, changes in the workplace, recent changes, mostly caused by COVID-19 or at least accelerated by COVID-19 uh, with, with moving towards uh, an online virtual workplace. Um, you know, obviously, there are some age-based differences that are, are, are very much uh, of concern. Uh, you know, whenever you're talking about older workers, for example, you do have some some uh, challenges and some concerns about uh, COVID rates. Uh, on the other hand, when you're talking about younger workers, you do have challenges and concerns about things like childcare, for example, and how to manage that. So those are some some very valid concerns that members of different age groups have and possess. But beyond that, um, another major one is how different generations will interact. So based on what I was talking about before, based on those perceptions that we have, those stereotypes that people have of generations, which by the way are, are oftentimes misperceptions and inaccurate stereotypes, they're using those, they've used those to guide their interactions in the workplace and their physical work environments, but now they're using those again uh, in online work situations as well. And the challenging thing is this, is that if you have somebody that enters into an interaction 
with perhaps an older colleague and they perceive them not to want to use technology or be good with using technology, all of work is basically technology-based now. And so if they're already coming into that interaction with the bias, they're going, they're going to come in almost with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, and if they choose to interact with that person at all. It's a lot easier, I think, to ghost people uh, in an online work environment than it has been, you know, when that person is just in the next cubicle over or down the hall from you. Hey, I don't have to respond to that email. I don't have to, I can drop that Zoom call if I want to. Um, so that's one issue, uh, I think, perceptions of older workers. But then on the other hand, there are some perceptions of younger workers, I think, that might come into play as well. Uh, for example, I think that there is a, uh, a stereotype against younger workers that they have not um, been tested. So there's a lack of experience. You, you mentioned that already. Uh, you don't have as much experience as, as maybe people that have been in the workplace uh, for a longer period of time. And if people have that, that mentality as they approach a younger employee, they think, well, this person hasn't experienced a crisis situation before. This person hasn't experienced uh, perhaps challenges that could come about as, as you know, a result of like a pandemic. And so they may be unprepared. Uh, is the mindset, is the stereotype that, that perhaps an older worker would have on a younger employee. This person is unprepared. This person uh, isn't up for the challenge that's going to be, uh, going to, um, uh, be undertaken. And so there are those misperceptions and those stereotypes that exist regarding technology use, regarding how one is able to manage uh, decisions and their work in a crisis situation. And I think that as we enter into interactions, we have those biases in our mind and they guide the interactions that we have rather than focusing on the individual. That's, that's an interesting outlook. So given that and some of the headwinds that uh, employees very young, maybe right out of college, year one or year two of their career, or those ending or soon to end their career, what are some different ways that you'd recommend they make impact or create value in their organization? You know, there are so many things to do. Um, I always suggest this, you know, interactions in the organization are key. So there's there's so much of a challenge uh, in the research that I've done. I've talked with a lot of people and a lot of people always say that I can't I have a difficult time talking with somebody of a different age. And so to truly make an impact, you need to collaborate. You need to work together. And the 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 hard thing is this is that people have biases. People have these perceptions, even if, if people don't want to have them, sometimes they exist. And sometimes they guide interactions. The challenge comes whenever you enter into an interaction and you focus on those perceptions or those biases and not really truly get to understand who that individual is. It all comes down to me, get to know the person you're trying to interact with. And that's how you can truly make impact. Yeah, that's very, very insightful. So finally, to wrap us up then, given that, let's just focus on those right at the beginning of their career because my... Uh, understanding or belief is given some of the headwinds in the in the work environment now what are some ways that they can help grow their leadership ability whether it be working in the office part-time or even working at home full-time so uh finding mentorship is key and then also understanding context is key and so with regard to finding mentorship you need to seek out somebody that has the knowledge skills or abilities that you want to develop so you know, some organizations pair people up with formal mentoring relationships. Um, those, I think, have limited success. I think finding that person, whether that person in your organization or outside of your organization, that has some um, abilities or skills that you want to learn 
seeking that person out, being open to being mentored from that person is one way to gain some leadership uh, credibility and some skills. Beyond that, I think it's all about context. You know, um, some people say that there's a, there's so many books about leadership out there that say to be a good leader, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. That might work in some context, but I'm very much of the mindset that you have to understand where you're at. So you have to understand your own personal knowledge, skills, and abilities and uh, what you want out of a, a decision-making role or leadership role, what you want out of your career. But then you have to understand the people around you. You have to understand your environment, your industry, your organization, the, the organization's culture, the structure, uh, the colleagues and, and the other individuals that, that you will be influencing the decisions that you make. And so you have to understand how you fit within that context. And so really to be a truly effective leader, you have to do some deep reflection about yourself, but you have to have a deep understanding of the context around you to understand how you can best fit in with that context and best influence within that context. That's fantastic, Mike. Thank you so much for this insightful knowledge based on your research and your experience uh, in this area of leadership. Uh, I thank you all for joining today. And please, if you enjoyed this and want to hear more uh, different ways that you can impact your organizations, please subscribe below. And we look forward to seeing you on a future podcast. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye.